This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. Hello and welcome to Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon Spinner alongside my best buddy, Michael Burns, as we are a podcast talking about bourbon and baseball, two great American things, and Mikey, you're a great American as well. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> sweetheart. I, I, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm normally proud only tell each to, other uh, that. What's that? I'm proud to serve the podcast as a yeah. true American. <laughs> you are drinking a true American, a true American drink. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, Michael Burns, how are you on this Monday night? We are recording on a different night uh, because of some scheduling issues this week. So we're bringing you an earlier episode here of Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast. So, Michael, we talked a couple days ago, but how are you on this Monday? Uh, the arms, the arms got a little swing in it, you know. I can't throw my fastball how I want to right now. Um, oh boy! But I'm, I'm, I'm you working game yesterday? it. Yeah, we uh, we blew it. I didn't play um, in the field, but I batted one for one for two with an RBI in a single. All right, but, so he's uh, one for two with an RBI. He's got four innings pitched right now with four strike oh, six strikeouts, eight. eight strikeouts. That's right. You had five in your second outing. Uh, I think that was on a previous episode we talked about it. Maybe even it on some bourbon reviews that will be coming up here shortly uh, within the next couple of weeks. We've got more episodes on the way. We are Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. This is episode 29. And as we've started out every episode since episode 24, we talk about who is in Mike. And there's the the response of Michael <laughs> forgetting to do the research. <laughs> Gets him every time. But we open up the episode with who Wore it best. Who is the best number 29 in Major League Baseball history? This has a little bit more competition than I would have thought of. I thought 28 was going to be a little bit more of a competition. That was kind of a landslide with Burt Blylevin taking the cake last week. Number 29, Michael. I have John Smoltz, Rod Carew, and Adrian Beltre as my three choices. And after going over the numbers, I've got a pretty clear and uh, defined thought on this, but I really want to hear your thoughts. So the locals around me would be like, oh, John Smoltz. John Smoltz. Absolute John Smoltz. Mm-hmm. If you want to go by war, Adrian Beltre blows him out of the water. Correct. By a long shot. Like by 30. His his war is 93.5, and John Smoltz's is... 69. Nice. Right on the dot. Uh, now, I think part of that is because he did switch to the bullpen um, at a certain point in his career. In 20, uh, 2001, uh, after he was injured, he went and he became a closer, and he was a dominant closer. I mean, 55 saves in 2002. So, Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, he should be. The, that should be the next John Smoltz is Jacob DeGrom. Dominant closer uh, after being a starter, but uh, we'll see down the road. John Smoltz played in the big league 21 years. Um, there are There's one thing, though, that I, I'm going to vote against John Smoltz on. It yeah. has nothing nothing to do with his statistics. He retired as a Cardinal in 2009, and that just is not right. I don't even show. Oh, he, wore, he didn't wear um, 29 as a Cardinal. Oh. No, he wore 30. But still, that, that knocks down your war just in my mind. Ugh. Yeah. Why would you do? How would you? How could you not do it as a brave? I don't yeah. understand that. I'm sure he signed like a contract and retired as a brave, but kind of crazy that he pitched for 21 seasons, and in his final year, he started in Boston 
I believe he was traded to the Cardinals in 09, uh, and that's where he ended his career as a starter in seven games for the Redbirds. I think I'm leading towards Adrian Beltre. I do know that uh, Rod Carew is a pretty good competition as well. He's got 81 more, uh, so still very good. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer as well, elected in 1991. Uh, Beltre, not a Hall of Famer yet, but he's not eligible yet. He will be in the Hall of Fame. Dude was a stud. And Although dude kind of played in two different generations of baseball, one with the high average and one with the juice ball, and yeah. succeeded in both. Yes, and he's got very good numbers. He has nearly 500, 500 home runs, 477. So just shy of that 500 mark, but he's got 3,166 hits, an on-base percentage of 339, slugging is 480, an OPS of 819. Uh, I think he fits all the molds of being the best number 29. That's who I'm voting for. Are you voting Smoltz or are you voting for Beltre? No, Beltre. And Beltre was such a act on the field. You know, oh, he was he such was a fun f- player to be around. He was so fun to watch, <laughs> like touching his head, right? He's the guy who you can't touch his head. You can fight him. Him and Elvis, Andra- Elvis Andrus. Oh. <laughs> so that was a great, that was a great relationship. Yeah, he led the league in home runs in 04 with the Dodgers. Then when he went to Seattle in 2010, I can't believe 2010 was the first year. That was actually when he was in Boston. That was the first time he won an All-Star vote. That was the first time he got to the All-Star game. Yeah, in Boston in 2010. uh, He won two gold gloves, three, four, five gold gloves. So very good defender as well. I'm going Mm -hmm. Adrian Beltre. Yeah, number 29. The Adrian Beltre episode of Barrels and Barrels. Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. And if you're just joining us, welcome in. This is uh, a podcast where we talk bourbon and baseball, just like it is in our title. Uh, we are on all these different types of platforms. We're on YouTube. Go find us there. 228 subscribers. So that is up about eight since our last episode. And another shout out to Kurt2512, Keith, and Paraset for our following and subscribing. If you subscribe and your profile is public, We'll give you a shout out on Instagram. You can find us barrels and barrels pod, Facebook barrels and barrels pod. We're nearly at 480 followers. Twitter. You can find <laughs> us there as well. Uh, review on Apple podcasts as well. Spotify, where you can find us also on Stitcher, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio podcasts as well. And while you're there, please don't forget to subscribe as well as review or rate our podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We're 15 out of 15 five-star ratings on Apple and 10 out of 10 five-star ratings on Spotify. We're hoping that you'll leave a review as well. Let us know what you think. What do you think? Bring on the praise, bring on the trash. Yeah, bring on the trash, uh, trash talk, or just, if you like, what's going on. If you want to hear something more, hey, you guys don't talk enough about my team. Well, that's because the Pirates normally don't get talked about enough. Uh, (laughs) Or, right now, no one's really talking about the A's because they're trash. But, uh, whatever it is, leave us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. This is partially bourbon, and we're going to do bourbon to start off, like we always do. But Michael, a little different. We've done this twice before, in a way. We've got blind samples here. Neither of us know what we're drinking. And this was picked out by your dog. By my dog. (laughs) My dog apparently knows a bottle, and my wife Mm -hmm. grabbed it, poured it into our little uh, sample bottles here, and that's what we got. So neither Michael and I know what is going in our glass. This is Lola's pick. That is what we're calling this 
whiskey, bourbon. I don't even know if it's a bourbon. It could be a whiskey. Oh, that's it totally is. a bourbon. Right off the nose. Right off the nose, that's a bourbon. And I have a feeling I know what this is already. But oh, yeah. just off the nose. Off the nose, you have an idea. Uh, uh, I could see. I could see why you could know that. Yeah. Um, it's got a sweeter nose, right? Sweeter nose. Is it weeded? I don't. Uh, I don't think it's weeded. No. I want to think it is weeded. Yeah. Hold on. Let me uh, <laughs> clean the sniffers out. <laughs> it's definitely not a high rye. No, it is sweet. It is caramely. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely it's, got a like a confectioner's sugar um, snows to it. Part of me feels like this is a Buffalo Trace product. Um, I don't get that. No. No, um, and just for your sake, the only ones I think Buffalo Trace she would have touched is an Eagle Rare and a Buffalo Trace. Certainly not a Buffalo Trace product after tasting (laughs) I don't know if it's weeded, though. No, after the sip? I don't think so. The nose... You know what? I I, I think I know what this is, too. What is, uh, no, um, so, I see you have the 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 home field advantage, knowing what bottles are in front of you on the shelf. I do have that it, advantage a little bit. Um, proof wise, I'm going to say this is less than 105. It doesn't. It's got a tingle to it, but it's not one of those things that's going to kick you. Um, it's that's a good nose. It's. I think one dimensional though on the nose. It's very sweet. I maybe some dark fruit on the nose, caramel, some confectioner sugar. I get a little more oak through the nose as well. I get it's, a heavy oak finish on the palate. I just sweet, t- I sweet up front, oak heavy oak on the on the finish. So that's on the palate. Let me uh let me get yeah. a, another good sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I wanna. I almost want to think we've had this before on the podcast. Mm. That's that's my thought. And uh... you know what this reminds me of, but I don't think you had this at the point of when because we've had this for a while sitting. Yeah, we've had this since. Oof, have I had this sample for three, four months? Mm-hmm. Part of me says that this kind of tastes like rabbit hole, the high gold. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I had it then. You didn't, and that, that's how I know it's not that. But it, so, to me, it reminds me of that. What this, what I think this is, is 107 proof Baker 7. Baker 7? <laughs> yes. That I is going to be hilarious. <laughs> because we just recorded a baker's episode uh so if that's what this is that's gonna be hilarious um it's it's just sweet sweet enough I can't, that I, it, I can't pinpoint anything else and it tastes i feel like we just had it which we did 
Yeah, we just recorded that episode as we break down the fourth wall. You can expect that to drop probably by the end of this week, to be honest. So we may we may have a blind of the same thing. That's going to be incredibly hilarious if that's what this is. And see what our um, reviews are. Now that you say it, I mean... I mean, you said 105 proof, which is right there, 107. Yeah. I, th- I think um, that's about where my, mo- my mind and my like palate is saying that this is at... Uh, it's not as nutty as I would have thought for a Jim Beam product, but as we found out the other day in our review, there wasn't too much of a. Huh. That's a good. That's a good point. The nuttiness. I mean, but it's so, oaky. But it's oaky. It's very it oaky, oaky on the nose, finish. and it's a very decent, like, well-rounded pour. I feel like it's got that mind. nutty finish. Yeah. So. Without no, without thinking of its bakers or anything, are you able to give this a rating? Mm-hmm. I would say everyday player in my mind. I think, ooh, there's some apple there. It's uh, a classic def- bourbon taste. I think it is, and I just got like um, an apple juice, like an uh, not a green apple, but more of a a red delicious apple. Made me think of fall uh, on the palate. There's some oak and cinnamon on the finish. It's a well-rounded pour. I think it might be a little bit thinner at the beginning, and it builds in intensity, and it builds in its complexity. It starts off a little like, yeah, okay, but the longer you talk with it, the longer you chew with it, I'd say the longer it uh, uh, it develops. Yeah, or the absolutely. Better it develops. I think it's got some it's got some layers to it, which is why I want to say it's an everyday player as well. It's not, yeah. It doesn't. It, it it's not one dimensional. It's actually I would say it's like three dimensional. It's a little there's what's missing to get to an all star all star form. Holy crap! An all star already for me. hit you, huh? <laughs> what's missing all star for me is the finish. Um, it it rides out too much for me. That's what would get it to an all star for me if it was a little more floral on the finish. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I what's like the mean? proof. I like. The flavor, the finish does seem to maybe tail off a little quick. Like it's almost like a dead stop, right? Like it's got so much, it's got so much. And then all of a sudden you've reached a point and you've fallen off a cliff. There's not much more to this. So yeah, for those of you who are new to our podcast, we rate our whiskey and our bourbon on a baseball scale. Michael, can you tell our friends and viewers what that scale is? So, we start at the top. We have Hall of Famer. This is the best of the best. We have not rated any bourbon or whiskeys yet as a Hall of Famer. We've been close. We've been close. We've, been close. we've got the next level. We have rated a good bit. We've rated All Star. Every team has has at least one of these by rule. Um, <laughs> by rule. <laughs> following hey. All Star, we have Everyday Player. This is a guy that you that plays every day. This is a bourbon that you would go to every day, one that you have on your shelf. After that is bench player. Bench player is a is a guy that doesn't play every day, not one that you not a bourbon or whiskey that you necessarily are going to kill or go to often. Maybe it has its own unique flavor. Maybe it's a dessert bourbon. Um, but you go to it every now and then. And after bench player is designated for assignment or dfa and this is a bourbon that you would not recommend you do not want to drink again necessarily 
you, you might drink it again, but it's not something you want to personally buy. Right. Put on your shelf. It's a see you later. This would be a I have to choke this down, so I'm going to mix it kind of deal almost, yeah, right? Good. Like, yes. Something so that tastes just dirty, you know, just dirty. Yeah. And uh, we've done a couple of those. Um, I believe, Michael, your first one was Jack Bonded, wasn't it? DF, my first DFA? I believe so. Either my first or second. It was right there early. Yeah. yeah. And then you went on a streak of DFAs. But we both ranked this an everyday player. This has like an apple juice vibe to me. Um, apple juice. It does. So now that I'm picking it up and nosing it again, I've got more nuttiness out of it. Yeah. You ready to see what it yeah. is? I am ready to see. So Michael's got the reveal as he's opening it up from his his wifey. Let's is it, go. Let's go. Got Baker's. It? It's Baker's Baker 7. All right. Yes. So Baker 7. <laughs> nice call by Michael Burns. Um, this is hilarious because later on this week, hopefully this doesn't deter you from w listening later on this week, but Baker's 7 is going to be uh, what we just rated. So I'm glad because I think I'm that curious. lines up with... Yeah, I, I think I, I'm curious to know if we hadn't just had it recently, had we been able yeah. to pick that out. But um, the the nuttiness at the end, I think mm -hmm. when you said, "Hey, that's Jim Beam," that clicked for me a little bit right there. Yeah. Um, but well, and the proof is right there at 105 to 107. Yeah, you said it. I think it was 107. You said this was about 105. You're right there, baby. Yeah, so a good pour, and I still have the rest of my sample here from the other day somewhere. So thank you, Lola, for picking Baker's seven. A good pour there. Uh, the MSRP on that's about what sixty nine ninety nine. It's now allocated in most spots. It's now allocated or not? It is, I believe, oh, in most right. areas. So right. you can find. Bottle. Yeah, it is a beautiful bottle, but you can find more on that episode in the next episode that will drop this week which is called the Baker 7 episode. That's, right. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right, moving on. Uh, we use baseball trivia as our buffer in between the bourbon and the baseball part of the podcast. So this week, it is going to be Grand Slam related. Michael Burns, do you know who leads the MLB with all-time most career Grand Slams? All-time? Mm -hmm. let's, let's just go Fernando Tati Sr., Right off the bat, <laughs> just because he had two in the same minute, <laughs> Michael yeah, continues to think Tatis. Let me see how many grand slams, uh, Fernando Tatis. Watch it be uh, two, <laughs> <laughs> the only two for, for Fernando Tatis. The actual answer is, um, Alex Rodriguez. So, oh, boo. <laughs> he had 25. Do you do you know? 25? Um, Holy crap. The 25. Do you know who had the second most? Um, how about Alfonso Soriano? Uh, no. Um, a guy who goes by Lou Gehrig had 23. Third would be Manny Ramirez and then Eddie Murray and Willie McCovey. Uh, number six on the list. I wouldn't have guessed this. Robin Ventura. So, uh, yeah. Um, Tatis not on that list. Right it's a bunch of guys, some Hall of Famers, and then Robin Ventura, uh, and a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, and Alex Rodriguez, but he juiced. So uh, give Ventura yeah. a break; he got drafted out of him by Nolan Ryan. <laughs> yeah, Friday, April twenty third of nineteen ninety nine, Fernando Tatis hit two Grand Slams in one inning, and that's all Michael can remember is that he's Mister Grand Slam. <laughs> 
So that is a grand slam for Alex Rodriguez. 25 in his career. I believe Pujols had six in a single season. No, it was Travis Hafner and Don Mattingly. Pujols had five in 2009, uh, along with Ernie Banks, Jim Gentle, as well as Richie Sexton as the most in a year. Uh, so Mattingly and Hafner. Uh, I probably just gave away a future um, trivia question. question. Yeah. Let's but see how moving good Michael's on. memory is. Yeah. <laughs> Baker 7. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as the Grand Slam, I bring that up because I do want to talk about our players of the week this week. Just released today by Major League Baseball, two rookies winning player of the week uh, over in the National League. A guy who hit a Grand Slam, his I believe it's his first career Grand Slam, Corbin Carroll gets the NL nod. Boy, is he playing some incredible baseball. This is Michael Burns' man crush. I think this guy is in the rookie, I mean, front runner for rookie of the year. This guy's going to be in the MVP conversation as well, though. Currently, he is tied for the lead in the major leagues with 3.2 F war. He he's tied for F war, right? You just said. Yeah, 3.1, uh, 3.2. The guy as a rookie is batting 308, 389, 579 mm -hmm. with 19 stolen bases and 13 bombs, and that leads all the rookies as well. Listen to this week. He batted 500, 11 for 22. His slugging percentage, not his OPS, his slugging percentage was 1.091. He had a triple, two doubles, and three bombs, one of which was a grand slam. His OPS was 1.633. That's in five games. And those five games, the Diamondbacks won. Yeah, it's just unreal. Uh, he is everything, all the hype that everyone was bringing preseason. Yeah, and uh, he's currently the odds-on favorite via FanDuel right now for NL Rookie of the Year at minus 300. So that would mean you have to pay $300 to win $100, which is not good odds if you're a gambler. Usually you're looking for plus money there. So, uh, yes, Corbin hey, Carroll. It's almost a, in my book, it's almost a guarantee this guy wins it. But do you know who's in second right now for the second highest odds? I don't. For NL, right? For the NL. He goes by the name of Ellie. <laughs> oh, really? Ellie De La Cruz is already the number two favorite to win NL Rookie of the Year. He is plus 700, but here's the kicker. He was plus 1,200 on the day he got called up, and I put money on him that day. So fingers crossed that Ellie go. at least makes it uh, um, a little bit of a show. But uh, currently over in the AL, the player of the week is also a rookie it's a guy that last week you've talked about michael we've talked about him a couple times on the podcast already how he was having pretty atrocious start to the season and i said he's yeah. starting to starting to turn around but he hadn't really had a week yet until he just had this week and that's gunner and he, henderson and you know why he also had a week i created him away in fantasy baseball <laughs> and then he went and was player of the week the exact next week so if you're listening gunner henderson Please send your thank you note to Michael that is at blah, 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 blah in Madison, Alabama. <laughs> I wasn't going to give your address away. Oh, appreciate it. But your phone number is, no. <laughs> so find him, BNB Burns. Bourbon. Yeah, send bourbon. Send bourbon. BNB underscore Burns on Instagram is where you can send him the thank you message, Gunner, or on Twitter that is Burns BNB. Uh, as far as the, the week for Gunner, um, you and I had a discussion earlier on who it should be, whether it was Gunner or Jose Ramirez, who also had a great week. But Gunner, uh, second in the entire league in OPS at 
He had a 526 batting average, which led all of baseball. He had three home runs, one double. He didn't have as many runs. He didn't have as many RBI as Jose did or as uh, Corbin did, but still a very good week and a resurgent week for the Orioles, who have won four in a row coming into tonight. Dang. Yeah, they, uh, if if Gunner goes, they will keep going. I mean, the Orioles yeah. are already going, but yeah, yeah well, year, if Gunner... him and Adley can continue to hit, then we're looking good. Yeah, uh, Cedric Mullins is having a good year. Jorge Mateo started off strong. He's, he's fading a little bit. Ryan yep. Mountcastle could could hit bombs after bomb. Cedric's on the DL right now, though. I think the what? Uh, damn. <laughs> That's another kangaroo court dollar for Brandon. That is the IL. I oh, mean, I got to get that out of my head. So for those of you just joining, every time that one of us calls it the DL instead of the IL, or if we call the Guardians the Indians, we owe a dollar to court, which is kangaroo court in baseball. Usually it's a fine system at the end of the year, and we put that money in a pot. Michael owes a dollar. I now owe six. Yeah, uh, Brandon can and- almost buy us an Evan Williams single barrel. <laughs> <laughs> halfway through it <laughs> uh, bottle and bond uh, Evan Williams that's all you need is the fourteen ninety nine, the 100 prover but yeah the Orioles definitely need uh, Henderson they had struggled as of recently um, but now they're they're starting to turn it around and uh, they've looked pretty good over the last couple of days yep yep for sure they have won four in a row. They're on a four-game winning streak coming into today. They won four games in a row over the weekend. A nice weekend sweep of, I believe, they played the Kansas City Royals. So, I mean, this is the Royals. But Come on, you better they be got winning the, that. What, what's that? You better be winning that, those games. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, as a weekend sweep, you need that, especially after last week. Uh, we were talking about how they were struggle, struggling. They did come and get the uh, four-game winning streak, weekend sweep of the Royals. uh, Starting to get back on track, uh, at least in the standings. They're still second in the AL East in a very tough division. Man, that division continues to be a bear to try and win. They're 41-24 and coming into tonight, uh, 6-4, and winning four in a row. They don't play till tomorrow, and they play the Blue Jays. So another interdivision matchup. A big week for the Blue Jays as well as the Orioles, but uh, the the Orioles with a big win, getting back on the uh, the the track here with the sweep over the or uh, the Royals, excuse me, this weekend, uh, winning all three there. Moving on to another weekend series, uh, the Phillies and the Dodgers. The Phillies have started to play yeah. much better as of late. They're almost to five hundred. They took the series over the Dodgers. The Dodgers are scuffling, but still, the Phillies seven and three in their last ten games, thirty two and thirty three. A pretty good weekend for the Phillies. Yeah, the Dodgers, they uh, are not doing as well. The Dodgers have lost three, have lost seven out of the last ten. Mm. They are scuffling, and I mean, you look at their team. For me, it's it's Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, James Outman. Like you said earlier, he has been Outman. James Outman's been getting Outman. Mm-hmm. Um, Miguel Vargas is not the guy that they were hoping for right off right out of the gate um i mean i can't i can't think of who else is being productive jd martinez jd martinez max muncie was until he can't hit the ball anymore uh but yeah yeah, jd martinez has still had a pretty good year but uh, the dodgers nowhere near as deep as they have been in the past but uh boy 
Uh, they they were our third team on the list a couple of days ago, two weeks ago, I think. Uh, and, and now they are dropping down in our power rankings, and we'll get to those here in just a few minutes. But, yeah, the Dodgers losing 2-3. Yeah, it's still I, – I remember I had the preseason predictions. I had the Dodgers missing the playoffs, and uh, I just need some wild card teams to help me make that true, and the Diamondbacks keep pushing like they have been. Mm-hmm. Well, right now the Dodgers are the top wild card team at 37 and 29. So there's a long way to go on that, Mark. Uh, and for that, the, the only issue that they've had is – Caleb Ferguson has not been great as of late. He's lost, I think, three of the last four games for him. <laughs> Who's that, Caleb Ferguson? Yeah, the lefty reliever. He's the guy who blew it against the Reds uh-huh. on Tuesday last week, and then again he got two of the losses this weekend. Now, again, wins and losses aren't the biggest statistic, but when you're a reliever and oh, you're reliever. losing games, that means that you're giving up the lead or you're giving up the winning runs. So the Dodgers hopefully getting back on track for themselves. They start a series in L.A. versus the Chicago White Sox, who actually have been playing better as of late. So that'll be a little bit tougher of a series than the Dodgers probably thought it was going to be even uh, a week ago. And speaking of the White Sox, uh, they lost two of three to a surging team, the Miami Marlins, who uh, won two of three, the final two in that series. The White Sox got the win on Friday with Liam Hendricks taking the win. I believe that went into extras. Uh, But Saturday and Sunday's game, uh, the Miami Marlins coming back and Miami coming back on Sunday, they were down five to one, I believe. And they scored five runs combined in the eighth and the ninth. The way they won that game in the ninth inning was impressive, incredible. Jorge Soler worked a walk uh, and then um, got a triple on the next batter of the game to score both the runner on second and Jorge Soler, who was pinch ran for by birdie. Uh, okay, let's say Jorge Soler scored no, from no, first. Oh, from man. First. No. <laughs> but he, he worked a great walk. He actually he had five balls because there was a terrible strike two call on him. Uh, but So Marlins squeaked that out, and the Marlins stay hot. They jumped into our power rankings the last two weeks, and I'm sure they're going to jump up as you'll look in our power rankings later on in the show. Yeah, uh, they've, won, they've won eight of their last – Eight out of the last ten, they are hot right now, moving moving up that NL East. But uh, again, standings of those eight wins, True. they played nine games in a row: Oakland, Kansas City, and the Chicago White Sox. Who are hey, you gotta beat the, the bad teams, right? You gotta beat the bad teams when you get them. But uh, another yeah. great series to talk about was the Rangers and the Rays. This was probably the series I was most excited for for the weekend. The two best teams in baseball coming in. Uh, I commented on, I believe it was Talking Baseball's post on Facebook and said, this is a must-see series and it's a must-bet on the over in every single game because these (laughs) two had the two biggest offenses in the league coming in. They had the two most runs scored. They had the best pitching stats, but also the most runs. And I know pitching beats batting in the playoffs, but now that we're in June, I think this is when hitting really starts to take over. Just to pat myself on the back. All three games hit the over. 10 runs, 11 runs, and 12 <laughs> runs. So if you bet that, you made some money. Just saying. What can you say except you're welcome? You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have to cut that out because that's copyrighted? <laughs> now we're out right there. We're good. It was only we're a few good. seconds. It was only a few seconds. Hey, Michael and I just lasted only a few seconds. 
Ao. Ao. Uh, but what what did you think of that series? Two juggernauts in the AL going head to head. I thought it'd be a little more competitive. They the teams that won won by several runs. Yeah, the the Rays that are ahead in the range of the Rangers in the standings. If the Rangers really wanted to to make it closer, they could have um, won that series. But the Rays just keep magically. I'm not gonna say magically. They are a good team, but mm-hmm. no one saw this coming. It took two from a Texas team that put up 30 runs in a series. Um, yeah, just last week. Yeah, well, and they. They put up a lot of runs in this series alone, still. Uh, I mean, between the games, the Rangers put up three uh, and then eight and then another four, I believe. So, I mean, you hold a team to 15 runs. You, if you score 15 runs in a series, in a three-game series, you're expecting to win at least two of those games. Right. And they were, shut, they were not, I'm going to say shut down, but uh, the Rays just came out on top. The Rays are, are pushing For that real? lead of... Mm-hmm of the AL best record. Tyler Glasnow with a great game. Uh, I think that was his second or third start back. He's got a 287 yep. ERA now. Uh, and after yeah, all of this... The Rays needed that. Rays mm-hmm. needed that after the injuries they've had. Right, and I, th- I think the Rays still are the class of the AL. They've got a second best run differential. The, the Rangers actually now at 400 runs scored, and we'll get, a, get again get to that in our um, in our rankings here in just a few minutes, but Boy, uh, some great weekend series. The Yankees and the Red Sox usually would be the headliner if it wasn't for the Rangers and the Rays, right? The Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox t- taking two of three from the Yankees. Some good games there, as always. But I think the highlight and the funniest part of the weekend was Saturday night. Did you see what happened in the top of the ninth? No, I did not. Well, it was, I think it was the bottom of the ninth because that was played at Fenway, right? Uh, No, it was played in New York. Was it played in New York? Mm-hmm. This week, this week, this weekend is going to be played in, in Boston. Okay, I flip flopped them for some stupid reason. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so the Red Sox take two of three in the series, but on in Saturday New in New York, uh, Saturday night, the Yankees got the win. So in the bottom of the, uh, excuse me, in the top of the ninth, uh, there was a foul ball into the booth of the Yankees booth of the radio booth. <laughs> Did you, it's, it hit John Sterling right in the head, and he just goes. I, I, I love it. Ow! <laughs> if you haven't seen it, beat man. Yes, if you've not seen that, there's the audio of just uh, the audio of him as the game continues to go on. But then there's the video of him too, where you see the ball come in and smoke him in the head, and he just says, "I mean, he says ow twice." I think he goes then, ow, ow. And then continues, and that's strike two. He he goes, that ball really hit me, and that's strike two. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that was the final batter of the game, right? Because it went to a full count, and then the inning ended, uh, which would have ended the game. Funny stuff there, but a big series win for the Red Sox there against the Yankees, who uh, coming into that, the Yankees were eight and a half back, and losing those two games, the Yankees are now nine and a half games behind the uh, Tampa Bay Rays coming into today that's right. hard to it's... hard to come back from yes oof, oof. <laughs> yes but where would they be in any other division right oh uh, they would second, be winning second place almost every besides. other division and second place in the al west so they're so. first in the or second in the wild card mm-hmm. 
They have the uh, wild only, card spot at least. Only behind the Baltimore Orioles, who are also in their yes. division. They're four games back from second place in their division. What a juggernaut that is. The Mets struggling, um, but the Pirates kind of starting to flex their muscles again. The Pirates 7-3 in their last 10 games, 34-30, first place in the uh, NL Central. So a uh, uh, team in the NL Central with a above zero run differential. The Pirates are plus two now after a weekend uh, where they took – I think they took two of three versus the Mets, and uh, the Mets just struggling, man. Ever since Pete Alonso went down last week, the team really can't find a way to win. They're 31 and 35. Eight in their last 10. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they were leading in every game against the Braves. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah, the Braves came back and won in all three games. Yep. There was the one game that Pete Alonso played and said, in, you know, talk some trash. I don't remember what he said. Do you remember what he said? Uh, throw me that again or something like that. Yeah. And uh, Braves came back to win that game. It just, the Mets going to met. What, what can you say, man? Yeah. Uh, 350 plus million dollar payroll and you're sitting second to last in that division. Fourth uh, behind the, the Phillies by a game and a half. You're nine and a half out of first place right now. You have a rotation that has two players on it taking up $86 million, and yep. that's more than Oakland. I think that's more than Tampa Bay. Just those two players have more than Tampa Bay's roster. And uh, I, that may be wrong. I think Tampa may be closer to 100. But either way, uh, you're close to what Tampa Bay's paying for their entire roster, and the Mets are 31 and 35. A rough weekend there. Another great series was the Guardians and the Astros, right? You would expect the Astros to really have the upper hand on this coming in with the better record. The Guardians haven't played well this year, but the Guardians starting to play better. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. They're still below 500, but they're starting to score a little bit more. They still haven't scored a ton of runs. They're at 250, which is third best in their division, but it's also like the fourth best in the fourth worst in all of the AL. Maybe you'll see that run differential change a little bit. J Rams getting hot. They put, I mean, you could argue that Tristan McKenzie is the team's ace. Mm-hmm. Him or Bieber. She- I mean, there's two right. of them, but even Savali's on that team still, right? Is Savali, you're saying Savali's still on the team as in, I haven't right. tracked Savali. Savali's still doing well. Uh, I, I, let me, let me look at the team stats or the, the I know Bybee, the rookie pro- the rookie uh, prospect that came up, has been doing well. They've got Logan Allen, who's been doing well. So they, the two names that have come up from, from AAA this year have been doing well. And then they get Tristan McKenzie back. They can't. They have, I think Cal, yeah. They have the seventh best ERA in all of baseball right now. So the pitching's there. They just need to score more. And they've got a young team. That's what we talked about in our predictions episode in episode 19. They've got a chance to win that division. That division's trash, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's easy so to trash. win. Both central divisions are easy to win divisions. Mm-hmm. But a, a big series win for the Guardians over the Astros, taking 2-3. I think uh, we already talked about the D-backs. Uh, they got a five in a row. They swept the Tigers, who have been awful. Nine in a row for the Tigers that they've lost the uh, the, the D-backs, though, five wins in a row on the strength of Corbin Carroll. Zach Gallen is doing some great things. Christian Walker. Everybody in that lineup seems to be coming up with a big hit here or there. Lourdes Gurriel as well as Pavin Smith. Is it pa- Pavin or Pavin? Uh, I would say it's Pavin. 
So he's Adam? paving the way. I don't even way. know anymore. So he's paving the way. Okay. The D-backs, uh, of course, now 40 and 25. They uh, they played very good baseball as of late, and it's continuing. Um, they're probably, I wouldn't say the surprise. You talked about them in the offseason. You've been gushing. I really have jumped on the bandwagon. I love the Diamondbacks. Um, I, <laughs> look at the hat I'm wearing tonight. And you can only see that on YouTube. But, um, yeah, the Diamondbacks, very good baseball as of late. They, they play the Phillies. They're actually playing them right now as we speak. Uh, well, it was, oh no, they play at 640 Eastern, uh, 640 Western coast time. So 940 Eastern time. So we're not there yet. We're almost there and we're in pregame, but they're 40 and 25 taking on a hot Phillies team. So that might be the series of the week right now. Yeah. The D backs, they have the offense looking at the standings. Um, again, I was going to, I was going to talk up that there. They need some help pitching. But their run against is not awful. Um, what are the ranking in the runs scored in the NL? They are second to the Dodgers. So in Corbin score. Carroll leading the way in run scores. Corbin Carroll leading the way. Christian Walker hasn't even gotten hot. Um, yeah. There's a there's a guy I didn't recognize because Josh Rojas and Longoria are the, is the third baseman. The mm-hmm. guy adding in their two hole, Emmanuel Rivera. Who? Never heard of exactly. <laughs> He's adding second for the D backs tonight. Wow. Um, I'm sure yeah. look up the guy. Is he a top another top prospect for the Diamondbacks? I I don't know. Yeah, you're normally so, all about that. I don't what what do you I say? I don't know who this was? guy is. Emmanuel Rivera. Okay. Well, it looks like he's born in 1996, uh, playing third base, number 15. So far this year, he's batting 356, 391, and 862, and 104 at that. So um, he's got one home run. I mean, not really hitting much for power, uh, but his OPS is saying so. Career regular season, 524 at bat. So he's played a full season. Looks like he played with the Royals in 2021 and for the first half of 2022. Career line, uh, two sixty one. So he's having a career year right now. Two sixty one, three sixteen, four oh eight. Right while it's hot. Yeah, he had uh, twelve home runs last year, six for both the Royals and the Diamondbacks. So yeah, right it while it's hot. Emmanuel Rivera, never heard of him, but uh, thank you, Michael. <laughs> he's, batting, he's batting the two hole for the uh, Diamondbacks right now. Wow. Uh, well, that diamond, I mean, whatever they're doing is working. Corbin Carroll, of course, and Lourdes Goriel right now leads the uh, NL and left fielder all-star votes currently. So he's had that's, a great year, too. Um, yes, what a season. I, that's who I forgot about when I was mm-hmm. talking earlier. Yeah, so Lourdes, Corbin, Ooh, and then... I found Emmanuel Rivera in a prospect list. Oh, okay. It was 2019. He was the Kansas City Royals... 18th best prospect with a scouting gr- a scouting grade hit tool of 50 power 45 run 45 arm 60 and field 55 with an right, overall so- grade of 45 that's okay not terrible but it's okay and for those of you who yeah. don't understand prospect rankings i'm not going to try to explain it michael let's just move on <laughs> So the yes, Diamondbacks, one of the teams who got a sweep this weekend. The other one, I think this was the most surprising of all the surprises. The Oakland Athletics have won five in a row, are currently Unreal. the hottest team in Major League Baseball with five wins in a row. 
tied with the Against a decent team, too. They, they swept the Brewers. The Brewers yeah. in Milwaukee. So much so that you had a Brewers fan just pissing in the concourse. I don't know if you saw that video. <laughs> it did see. Well, you just, shared it on yeah, our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. If you follow <laughs> us, you'll see the great content that either we post or that we share. Yeah. yeah it's just, I don't know if the Brewers fans just got so brewed out that they had to drink to forget that they're losing to the Oakland Athletics, who've now won five in a row. And they actually head to Tampa this week. So Tampa catching Oakland at a time where they may not want to be playing them right now. To be honest, Oakland has 17 wins, five of which have come in the uh, the last couple of games. Did you see this? So if the Oakland Athletics won the rest of their games the rest of the season, they would finish with 112 wins, which would be a franchise record. Yes, that's not so, good. Hey, happen. watch out. <laughs> watch hey, out. Hey, it could happen like the angels in the outfield. It could happen. <laughs> hey, it could happen. Speaking of the A's, um, going to be an interesting game on Tuesday. So this episode will drop on Tuesday. Uh, and this is the day that they will be hosting as fans. They're going to be hosting a a revolt where they're going to try to pack the stadium. They've already raised $30,000 to fill the field, uh, fill the stadium. Because they're going to try and kind of revolt against the owner. They're supposedly handing out 7,000 t-shirts in the parking lot that say sell for fans to wear. They're trying to do what they call a reverse boycott. So, You think 7,000 people are going to show up for those t-shirts? Uh, I, I do think that the Oakland A's are going to pack the stadium. What's the pack? What's pack? Oh, well, I mean, well, they well. average, what, five to ten? Five, they, I don't think they ever get 10,000. If they hit 10,000, I'd be surprised. So the capacity is 63,000, but uh, that was with the upper deck in center field, and they haven't had that puppy open in a while. It looks like 19,200. Oh, that's the Oakland Arena. So, uh, yeah, 63,162. But uh, let me if look. If they up. hit 10,000, I'd be surprised. You're looking up the average attendance right now for 2023? Yeah. I mean, the, the, there was a couple of years, a couple of games that minor league baseball teams were having more of attendance. Oh, there's most of the games, the minor league teams have more of an attendance. Right now, the A's are averaging 8,675 a game. That okay. seems high. They're going to reverse boycott. I'll still be surprised. If they're over 12, you know, it's up it a little bit. If that's, we'll see. We'll see. They're playing the race the average, tonight. So, what's that? I said I would still. I'm. I'm gonna, I would say we're gonna up it if eight's the average. I'm still gonna stick with ten thousand. I'll be surprised if they actually are able to pack the house. So, do you want to place a wager on this? No, I do not. Place a wager. I think that they get over twenty thousand. I think they get over twenty thousand. Do you? Yeah, we're gonna mark that tape. Okay. 20th. You okay? Uh, can I play off your number? Or yes. no? Uh, okay. Can I go your number or just say 15? You say 15. I say over 20. Michael says... We'll bet a chug? Yeah. Uh, we'll bet... Yes, we'll bet a chug, I guess. I'm going to chug either way. but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> also sad, Cheers, Tampa Brandon. Bay leads the league in record, and their average attendance is 17,186. That is the fourth worst in baseball. 
tisk tisk. I just I have a, a Wes from Fantasy Baseball Camp lives near Tampa. And he says it's just it's so hard. Not to get a to. convenient spot. To, yeah. Yep, it's so hard to get to. And the Trop's not the best stadium in in the baseball world either. And it's just kind of a warehouse. Yeah, I would be uh, if they just moved somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They would the, the Rays would actually have. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Florida people, you know, appreciate baseball games. They've got spring training down there, so it's not mm-hmm. like they hate baseball. Right. Yeah, I, I just think it's a bad location because they pack the arena when the Tampa Bay Lightning play, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are good. So I, I just right. think it's hard to get where where the stadium's at because it's in St. Pete. It's not even in Tampa technically. So right. Uh, as we move on, the A's, they just uh, took several games um, with the sweep versus the Brewers, and they now take on Tampa. I wanted to talk about, about pitching here, Michael. Some pitching yep. here in the last couple of weeks. Some good starting pitching. Zach Eflin is back for the Tampa Bay Rays. There's your transition right there. So far this year, he's got a two nine seven ERA. He's pitched very good. In, I mean, in his career... His best season was a three nine seven. So he the the Rays either know what they're doing with their pitching, or they're just getting him in his career year right now. Right. Yes. Kathleen spent time with Philadelphia, and uh, was nothing more than filling kind of starter for them. And I think now he was the in the Rays, bullpen, wasn't he? He was a starter for a little bit. Did he end up transitioning to the bullpen? Probably. I think when he pitched in the playoffs last year wasn't he one of the back enders in the bullpen last year he started he played in 20 games last year he started 13 of them so looks like they transitioned him to the bullpen at least maybe after an injury or something like that but right oof. uh but yeah he's having a great year um a resurgent year so to speak but zach eflin with the the rays us as cub fans like to talk about what kyle hendricks is doing game by game getting better and better uh, four and a third, five innings, six innings, and now eight innings. He just had a no-hitter into the eighth uh, last week, broken up by Mitch Hanniger with two outs in the seventh. But Kyle yeah. uh, is going to ha- be needed in that Cubs rotation now with Justin Seal out. In that no-hitter, Kyle didn't throw a fastball 90 or above. His fastball, <laughs> his max fastball was 89 miles per hour. It still shows you that pitching is an art necessarily, than, not necessarily just chuck it as hard as you can, like we're seeing from a lot of these pitchers, right? Right. You see guys who can go out there and throw throw hard, but if you don't know where it's going, guys know how to hit it now. Yep. Uh, there's enough guys and enough training to be able to hit the, to hit the 100-mile-an-hour fastball now. Mm-hmm. 100-mile-an-hour is, isn't all that impressive as much. Not as Especially much if you don't if you don't have a, a off-speed or breaking ball to go with it. If well, all you got is that fastball... Yeah, well, his changeup is his bread and butter right there. He's been making a career off of that since he came up in 2014. Uh, so cool stuff. Seeing Kyle Hendrick back, 3.09 ERA through four starts, but he's really good. When he, he even got squeezed versus the, um, I think it was the Padres that he faced earlier in the week last week. Yeah, it was the week before. It was the game before his no-hitter, and he gave up four runs. In th- he gave up three in the inning. In that inning, he had pitch-com issues. And that was the inning that you saw Kyle Hendricks show the most emotion he's ever shown before. And it's because he was frustrated. He that was the second inning, I think. Pitch-coms. Well, not only that, but I think he met the ump. That was the Phil Cuzzy day that David Ross got kicked out of the game. And 
because of the terrible calls for Blake Snell, who's another guy who's been pitching yes. very well. Yes, it was. You're correct. Uh, and Blake Snell had a great game last night. He got taken out because he took a line drive off the shin so or the ankle. So that's going to be something to watch. But over his last four starts, Blake Snell has 24 innings pitched, a .75 ERA in 33 strikeouts, which is fantastic. Um, that's the Tampa Bay Blake Snell right there. Well, you, here's a statistic I bet you didn't know about Blake Snell, and an interesting one. He won Cy Young in what? What did you just say? 2000? I, I don't remember what he what, what, oh, 2019? He won, he won Cy Young in 18 or 19. I want to say it was 18. He has never in his game thrown more than seven and two-thirds innings in his whole career. Wow. He's never made it eight complete innings or even complete game. Even in his Cy Young year, he's never thrown more than seven and two-thirds. Cy Young year was 2018. He had a 189 ERA in 180.2 innings. He only had a 4.7 war, according to Fangraphs, that year. Uh, but... I mean, he had a great year that year. That was the year that the uh, the Rays got a great pitching performance. And that's a, every other year he's been over 3.24 as an ERA. So that was kind of the outlier year, his Cy Young year. Um, yeah. Ever since he won Cy Young, he's been focusing more on his kill-to-death ratio <laughs> on Xbox than he has his uh, ERA. Yes. Uh, it looks like he was hurt in 2019 and a little bit in 21 and 22. So he's healthy right now, 69 innings, but uh, he just took that line drive off the, the leg. So we'll see how he comes back from that. Speaking of seven and two-thirds, that was Kyle Hendricks' um, no-hitter until he lost it in the eighth to Mitch Hanniger. That's right. Did you know that that was the longest that a game has been a no-hit so far this year? It's only because I was watching that Kyle Hendricks game. And that Kyle Hendricks uh, loss is because I had made graphics already Yep. for Kyle Hendricks of a no-hitter. Mm -hmm. About that inning is when I finished him. Great. Thanks, and, Michael. Uh, Thanks, Michael. Yeah, so yeah. the jinx is real. Speaking of the jinx, Michael jinxed the uh, the Braves' seven-game winning streak on Sunday in a meteorologist fashion. So go check out Instagram to figure out what I'm talking about there. Sticking with a Chicago pitcher, um, Lucas Giolito, starting to turn into Lucas Giolito again. He's pitched very well in the last several games. Uh, overall on the season, he's got a 3.54 ERA. But really, since the middle of May, since May 20th, he's only had two games where he failed to reach the sixth inning, but he's pitching much better. He's striking out more. Uh, he got kind of unlucky getting a no decision on Sunday as the Marlins came back, but seven innings of one run ball, and it was only by a home run uh, for the Marlins, which was Jorge Soler taking him deep. But Boom. he's been pitching better on the season, and if the White Sox are going to make a comeback, they need Lucas Giolito. Yeah, the the White Sox um, saw a stat that they just need the, the if the pitching will roll, then the White Sox will roll. Mm -hmm. um, Luis Robert is having a good year, staying healthy. Um, the the it's an e like we said a few minutes ago, it's an easy division to win. Uh, it, it's the worst division in the MLB. And I'll touch on that here in a second. Uh, another name I want to talk about, he actually pitched tonight for the Red Sox. Uh, six innings, shut out. Well, he didn't shut out. He gave up one run, but it was unearned. So for his statistics, it's a shutout. Eight strikeouts and four hits, one walk. James Paxson seems to be back. The Moose, 3.09 ERA so far this season after today's performance. 
he's back and he's pitching like the old James Paxson that we we all came to know and love when he was in Seattle. And it's what the Red Sox need. The Red Sox score a lot of runs and been giving up a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. And so James Paxson is a very welcoming guy, welcoming pitcher to this Red Sox often, I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, this was his sixth start tonight, uh, and it is the fifth time he gave up two runs or less. There's only been really one start where he had a rough start, and that was against the Angels back on the 24th of May. He gave up five runs in three innings. But other than that, five innings, two runs, one in, uh, six innings, one run, five innings, one run, seven innings, two runs tonight, six innings, no runs. So James Paxson coming back uh, with a vengeance. Taiwan Walker, who was a big signing in the offseason for the Phillies, he had a great week last week. I believe he had 12 yep. innings of shutout baseball. So very good stuff from Taiwan Walker. Part of the resurgence that the Phillies are going to need him as well if they're going to try to get back. Not, not necessarily in the NL East, but in the wildcard discussion, similar to what they did last year. Right, and then uh, speaking, you even talked a lot about Elliot Day the Cruz, as we did in the last episode. Um, they just the Reds need pitching as Hunter Green has struggled. Nicoladolo's on the IL. Mm-hmm. Andrew Abbott has come up and made two starts. Mm-hmm. You would think as a rookie, so Andrew Abbott has not given up a run in his two starts. Like eleven He's and two thirds, right? A, uh, eleven and two thirds. He has pitched two hundred and ten pitches. In each start, he made 105 pitches. You almost sound, that almost sounds reckless a little bit for a rookie. Right. Um, and it's not like he's working efficiently. He only pitched five and two-thirds and six innings to get those 105 pitches. But the Reds need this. This is what the Reds need right now, um, a guy who can come in, shut, shut things down. I think Hunter Green can do that. Maybe Nick Lodolo does it when he gets back from his leg injury. Um, Ashcraft. Yeah, Ashcraft has the stuff to do it. That could be a four-headed monster that could propel the Reds into the playoffs. Yeah, and then they've got depth there because they've got Luke Weaver as the five right now, but you could take the Williamson rookie that's been on the Reds that got called up earlier in the uh, the year. You've got multiple options. To, I mean, as a fifth starter, all you need is someone to just eat innings. Abbott has had a great ben start Lively, here. Ben Lively, right? No, it's the, is that the Phillies? I think that's the Phillies. But, That's the Phillies. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. They're both red. They both wear red. Yeah, both wear red. They're both on the East Coast time frame. But they're both uh, surging. So for for perspective, Andrew Abbott has played in Double A AA and Triple A this year with a combined ERA of two point five in the minors at fifty four innings. So he's not just doing it in the majors; he's doing it in the minors as well. Get this, Michael. You're going to love this statistic. In the minors, he had fifty four innings pitched. 90 strikeouts. Holy hell. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I was not expecting that reaction, but that's a that's more than one and a half per inning. That's, that's nearly like two. That's like Spencer Strider stuff in the minors, yeah, obviously. That's, but that's fantastic. He's lefty, he's twenty-four. Um he was I believe as he got picked up, he was their sixth overall prospect. He was drafted in twenty twenty one in the second round. So he came out of Virginia, very high regarded, um, and he only spent basically two full seasons in the minors before getting called up. Uh, and again, very strong statistics. Um, that's going to be a huge arm for that team. 
So Andrew Abbott. So as we transition from the pitching portion of this, I wanted to give out some kind of value moves when it comes to sports gambling. I know you can't do that in Alabama. We've talked sports gambling here um, on the podcast a couple of times. If you've got a chance, this isn't me just being a homer. This is me finding value on the board. And that's what you look for when it comes to gambling. You look for value. You don't necessarily bet the favorites because – there's not a whole lot of value there, right? There's not a whole lot of value on putting $300 on Corbin Carroll because what happens if he gets hurt to tomorrow, God forbid, and Ooh. then you're out $300, right? But if you had $100 on him and he was plus $300, there's a little more value there because you're not right. spending as much money and you've got a better return. Well, there's a team right now. It's the Cincinnati Reds. Right now, there's a lot of value on them to win the NL Central. Currently, when you look at FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, the Reds are plus 1,000 to win the NL Central. That means for every dollar, you win $10. So every $100, you would win 1,000. I put 5 bucks on the Reds to win the division yesterday, and that number was at plus 1,400. So they've already improved over the last two days to plus 1,000. And that is the worst odds right now of all the NL Central teams. The the Brewers are right now the favorite. What? The Card- yeah, the Brewers are minus 110. The Cardinals are plus 360. The Pirates are f- plus 460. The Cubs are plus 750. And the Reds are plus 1,000. So, what? as you listen to this, I would say, hey, sprinkle a few shekels on the Cincinnati Reds to win the NL Central. Is it going to happen? A couple of doubloons. Yeah, I mean. A couple of doubloons. Yeah, yeah, no balloons. That's a million bucks. A no, doubloons. Oh, doubloons. I have no the idea. The balloons, like pirate, like a pirate, oh. right? I, I guess no. that's not the... Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. A couple of shekels. Uh, I would say throw a few bucks shekels on the Reds. Shekels is what I maybe I was looking for. <clears throat> yeah, I think you're going to have to spell out that word that you were just saying. The balloons. The balloons? Oh. You're talking about shorts? I have no idea. But... Uh, D-U-B-L-D... O U B L O O N. And what is the definition of doubloons? It's like a, it's like gold, like pot oh. pirates. Okay, well, I would call it shekels. Doubloons. Well, doubloons. Yes, throw a few doubloons or it's shekels. Sp- the definition is a Spanish gold coin. A Spanish gold coin. The doubloons episode. That's what this is. The doubloons episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a good giggle. So the Reds plus one thousand. I would throw a few dollars, a couple of doubloons, a couple of shekels. Five bucks wins you fifty bucks. That's a good return when it comes to a team that is currently what five games out of first place in the NL Central, maybe four and a half. I don't know. Let me pull it up real quick. They are currently four games back of first place, three out of the wild card. So, um, and they have we... the best. I would argue the best offense in that division. They have the most run scored in that division. If the pitching starts to turn around, they've got the chance to take that division. Another team where there's value, and we're just talking solely value, Chicago White Sox. Okay, we're going to go there. All right, let's let's do it. I grew up in the city. I'm not a White Sox fan. They're 29 and 38. That is four and a half games back of first place. They are the plus 1400 so that's every ten dollars would win you 140 bucks 
that's good value right there for a team that is within a four and a half game lead can be erased in a week. Absolutely. We saw the Mets have an like an eight game lead on the Braves. Right. For the division and the Braves won the division. So if you look at the lineups in that division, the Twins, the Guardians, the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Royals. Who has, when healthy, the best lineup in that division? The the White Sox have a great offense. They've got Lucas Giolito. They've still got Lance Lynn. And I really can't. Lance Lynn. Hmm. Mr. <laughs> he needs to eat a salad. <laughs> I really can't name much more of their starters. Uh, Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech. Dylan Cease. Dylan, Dylan Cease. Cease. Oh, my gosh. How did I yeah. forget about Dylan Cease? And then their fifth starter is Mike Clevenger. They have not started a left-handed pitcher, though, since the beginning of last year, like in May. So they've gone 160-plus, 180-plus games without starting a left-handed pitcher, starting pitching. Um, but So the White Sox, 29-38, and 14-1 to to win the AL Central. So, again, I'm not necessarily rooting for this, but the, the Twins right now are the favorite by a long shot at minus 260, and they've only got a game-and-a-half lead in that division. So if you're looking for value, those are two bets in another team that maybe you might want to throw some value on. I did it yesterday as well. The Yankees at plus 950. Now the Rays have a nine and a half game lead in that AL East, but we know how tough that AL East is. All teams are at or above 500 with the Boston Red Sox right now at 33 and 33 uh, as they come into play today. And they're currently playing the Rockies and it's tied 2-2 going into the top of the ninth. So most likely... Uh, I would assume that they're going to win this in extras, if not in the bottom of the ninth, but we'll see. The Yankees at plus 950 in that division, still hard to, I mean, I, I would assume that this division with how strong it is, it's not going to be where one team just runs away with. Tampa Bay, I think, comes to earth at some point. Um, and the Yankees, they I think, to. the Yankees probably when healthy, probably have the better lineup. The Yankees don't even have their biggest off-season signing besides Aaron Judge in the lineup yet, and that's Carlos Rodon. Right. And Stanton's missed time, but he's back. Without Aaron Judge, this team is way different, right? When when he was out, you saw that team really falter. But when he came back, did they not become the hottest team in baseball for the week-and-a-half stretch? He won AL Player of the Week. So with him and without him in the lineup is going to be the big thing. But right now there's some value there at plus 950. Other teams that you might want to throw some money on, uh, I, I would say probably there's not a whole lot. Chicago Cubs. Yeah, no, oh, we're just kidding. Uh, and I'm a Cubs fan. The Diamondbacks at plus 380. There's not a whole lot of value at plus 380 when they're in first place right now. So that's really the only spots that I see value right now on the gambling board. Um, maybe if you want to play futures, I would say Ellie De La Cruz at plus 700. If he plays the way he's played in the first week in his career, Yikes. he's going yep. to give Corbin a hard time down the road. Or maybe Josh Jung at plus 260 right now to win Rookie of the Year because the favorite is Masataka. Yoshida at plus 210. Masataka Yoshida. Yeah, so. Yoshida's having a great year. Mm -hmm. But those are just a couple of uh, ideas maybe for where where to throw some money on. Maybe even Kevin Gosman at plus 1,000 as the uh, AL Cy Young right now. So moving on. Resurgence. Yeah, he's had a great resurgence. That uh, Blue Jays team has had a very good pitching performance as of late. Between Gosman, they've had Chris Bassett, except Manoa, your boy Manoa. 
Maybe he comes back from AAA, or not AAA, from the minor leagues. The rookie The Florida Complex. Rookie league. And maybe he got something. Something. I mean, the guy was fantastic the last two years. Yeah. He really was. Something has to be done. He really was. So. So. But but those two, I mean, those are two aces, right? Bassett and Gosman have pitched like aces for that team. And pitching is going to be what wins that AL East, I think. Well, yeah. all because all the offenses are great. All the offenses have the Yankees have the least amount of runs scored in that division at three hundred four. I I can believe that. It's, I mean, Judge can only score so many <laughs> runs, yeah. you know. Yeah, and uh, man, that AL East is going to be a bear, and we'll have more of an AL East breakdown in a couple of weeks. Both, for the- yeah. Both wild cards are going to come from that division. Three, all three wild cards, most likely, because there's three now, three division winners and three wild card winners. Because there's six playoff teams in each in each league this year. Was that different from last year? Last year was the first year because remember Phillies were the six yeah. seed. Okay, so right. yep. uh, it's three wild carders. It's it's going to be a tough tough choice because. Uh, Texas and Houston. Whoops, Texas and Houston are playing pretty well, but right now Houston would be the third wild card team mm, right behind it. right ahead of Toronto at 37 and 30. So darn. Yeah. So wouldn't wouldn't hate to see Houston <laughs> not only win the not win the division for the first time in what 6 years, but yeah. then to 2016 the I think. I think 2016. 16 or 17. They won it in 17. I know they won it in 17. I think 16 was the last time they didn't win it or maybe that was the f- start to the streak. So moving on, we're going to jump so right moving on. Moving on, moving on, moving on. We're jumping into our power rankings. Usually these come out on Thursday mornings, but because our episode is coming out today, I wanted to talk about them. So we've got four or five games since our last power rankings, but I think there's been a decent change in a couple of our lineups and a couple of our rankings, uh, at least maybe in the top five. So assuming after the weekend, I'm going Tampa Bay one because they just beat the rangers so i'm still going tampa rangers one two and keeping atlanta in third right i'm with you rays have way too much of a lead they took two of three from the rangers but the rangers offense man is just killer Mm -hmm. and then atlanta they swept the mets yeah who are supposed to be a good team yeah are good there yeah and then you ruined their weekend sweep chances uh, with your <laughs> your Nationals deal yesterday. But they, they took two or three from the Nationals. So Atlanta in third. I've got Baltimore in fourth. And I think that that's right in line where you are as well, right? I did. Baltimore moved up. I think we both had them in the fifth spot last week. They mm-hmm. moved up one spot for us back into fourth. They've yep. been kind of back and forth from, I think, as high as second and then as low as fifth. I think that was the lowest last week that we've both had them. Yeah, I've had them... Uh, so I had them 10th in my first power rankings on April 26th, but since then they've been in the top four, yeah, top four and then top five until last week. And we again have the same top five, two weeks in a row, Arizona Diamondbacks in fifth place. We've talked a lot about them so far in this episode. They're eight and two in their last 10 coming into play tonight. They've won five in a row, a very impressive team. The most wins tied with the Braves in the NL. Yeah, they they finally t- took over the Dodgers for the NL West, and yeah, like you just said, the, I think this it's a surprise that the Diamondbacks are suddenly 
tied for the best record in the NL. Yeah, and they started that last week. I think they took over the the, the Braves at one point while they were playing still. But, yeah, uh, the Braves did beat the Arizona Diamondbacks two weekends ago, took two out of three in a very good and close series that could have gone either way. But the Arizona Diamondbacks running out our top five. In six right now, I actually had this team move down two. Uh, that is the Houston Astros. They're four and six. They did lose two out of three this weekend, as I mentioned, to the Guardians. They still have a plus 55 run differential, which is the third best in the American League. They are in that AL, AL West division. They're 20 and 18 versus teams above 500. Can't have them drop too far down the list because I had them fourth last week, but four and six over the last 10. Not great, but the teams behind them, there's only really one team that I would say has been playing much better baseball. Yeah. Uh, I have Houston dropping four spots all the way to eighth. Um, I know they took three three of four from the Angels, but they lost the series against the Cleveland Guardians, and the teams in front of them have played better ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who's your sixth team then? The sixth team I have is the Yankees. Um, they came in, they took the series last week against the Dodgers. They did lose the series against Boston, um, but their record for the whole, um, I think their record for the whole AL um, gave me enough to propel them into the sixth spot. Yeah, I uh, had the Yankees drop to seventh for my my list. So they go Houston, then the Yankees in seventh. The Yankees are four and six in their last 10. They lost two, three to the White Sox. They lost two, three to the Red Sox. So in their last two series, they are just two and four. Um, I wouldn't say in the, the White Sox are not the most impressive team, but as we just mentioned, they have a decent lineup. And one of that was a split double header because of the wildfire smoke last week, Wednesday, which canceled That's that crazy. game. Very crazy stuff. So that was my seventh team. Who is your seventh team? Because you said Houston seventh, is eighth. Yeah, seventh. Uh, Houston's eighth. I have I had the Marlins eighth last week, and I got the Marlins moving up again. I know we talked about them earlier, that they uh, have been beating the bad teams. But, mm-hmm. hey, that's what you got to do is make sure you beat the bad teams. 2-0 and against Kansas City, 3-0 and against Oakland, and 2-1 and against the White Sox. Yeah, and uh, they actually went three and zero versus Kansas City last week. So they've 3-0. won. Okay, so I so, missed the game. Yeah, uh, I think you forgot one of the games last week. That's all right. That's all right. But yes, I have the Marlins in eighth. That is up two from tenth last week. Uh, eight and two in their last ten games. Again, they beat up on bad teams, but still, we got to play the teams on our schedule. They are thirty-seven and twenty-nine, eight games, and only three and a half back from Braves. The one question mark. Is their scoring 266? Still not a ton of runs so far through what is that 66 games, minus 20 on the run differential. Uh, their expected win, uh, Pythagorean theorem win percentage is 31 and 35 is what they should be. So they are, but I expect their pitching to get better. They've got young pitching staff, mm-hmm. and I expect it just to only get better. Their pitching staff hasn't even been that bad at 286 runs against. It's just that they're not scoring runs, and that's going to be right. the biggest question mark. Uh, Luis Arias can only hit enough singles to get on base. you got to have someone drive <laughs> them in. Uh, with Jorge Soler, really the only guy putting the ball in the stands, Jazz Chisholm, you haven't heard much from him this year. Uh, you haven't heard... Jesus Sanchez. Yeah. Jesus Sanchez is a big bat. Brian De La Cruz, if they could just put it together... 
De La Cruz was the guy the who hit the triple the other day. That's who that was. So, right. um, yeah, they've got a great pitching staff. It's just whether or not they're going to be able to score the runs. And uh, they've got a big series this week versus the Mariners, who need to get back on track as well, who have been a right. little bit of a disappointment. My ninth team is the same team I had in ninth last week. And is that the same, same. for you? Yep. Yep, same. They didn't move from me last week. The, the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, Toronto Blue Jays. They played good baseball, 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Uh, they, I think, took two out of three this weekend. A good weekend, a good stretch for them. They're just in fourth in their division, which is tough to really come back from right now, being that you've got three of the best teams in the American League, which are already ranked in our top 10. In our top five, we've got two of them. Uh, and then the Yankees in top six or top seven, depending on where either of us have them. And then in 10th, I have the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've played bad baseball as of late. They just got beat two out of three by the Phillies, two out of three by the Reds. Uh, and then I think they had a rough stretch versus the uh, the Braves before that, right? Or no, the Braves lost to them. The Yankees. That was who it was. They, they lost They lost the series against the Yankees. And yeah, I have the, I have the Dodgers in the same spot as I did last week. Um, they were on the verge of being kicked out of my top 10. Yeah. And outside of my top 10 is the other team from LA at 11th and then the Red Sox at 12th, but making a big jump in the second biggest jump other than the Phillies, the Pittsburgh Pirates I have in 13th. So they're knocking on the door. So if some of those teams like the Dodgers or the Marlins or the Yankees don't start to turn it around here in the next couple of days. I, I say the Marlins just because while they're eight and two, they haven't played a team with a winning record over that, and they've played three of the worst teams in the league regarding a record. Um, right. That's why I still didn't really move them too much because of that run differential. But still, props to them. They deserve to be in the top ten. They are one of the top ten teams in baseball, in my mind. And Man, uh, They moved two spots. That's a big deal. Yeah. They moved two spots in the, from tenth to eighth for you. Yeah. Uh, and they jumped over a team that I really believe in, in that Blue Jays team, who I don't think has really put together their best baseball so far this year. Uh, and there's still better baseball down the road for them, in my mind. Right, right. Yeah, the Blue Jays have a great pitching staff, good closer. They mm. traded away Lourdes Gurriel. And they got Varsho um, back. They traded traded away Tay Oscar, too. Mm-hmm. And he's been Which kind of has- a disappointment for right. the, the Mariners. Right. You would think usually, I usually would bet high on guys in contract years and Tay Oscar just isn't doing himself any favors. And no, he is not. Uh, speaking of doing yourself favors, the Cardinals are blowing it to the, to the Giants. Love to see it. Uh, <laughs> oh no. They just gave up the lead to the Giants in the bottom of the eighth though. They do have runners on the Who's also been playing good baseball. The Giants have been, and then the Cubs almost swept them. And for as, and this is our Cub dumb coming through before we start to wrap up the episode. For as bad as the Cubs played in the last week and a half, for them to go four and six on the road, if they would have won yesterday versus the Giants, that would have been a five and a five road trip. We would have taken a five and five road trip if you would have given it to us at the beginning of that trip, right? Ten games on the West Coast, which normally buries teams. So four and six, while that's bad. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. Yes, it could have. Yes. The LA Angels, San Diego Padres, and Giants. Yeah. So uh, we're not happy Cub fans right now. Michael's still wearing his Cubs gear, though. I'm always wearing my Cubs gear on my side. I've got a tattoo. We're not going to show. We're not going to flash the people for unless. Not for free. Not for free. Yeah. 
Speaking not for free, we are not sponsored yet other than by Spotify, which hopefully you've already heard that ad in our podcast. But thank you for listening. Uh, If you are someone who would like to sponsor our podcast, we'd love to have you. Reach out to us. You can email us. Email is barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube, already asked, but please hit the subscribe button below. You can find us Barrels and Barrels Pod, not only on YouTube, but Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. We are at Barrels and Barrels on Twitter. I am WXSpinner89, and you can find me on Instagram at whiskey underscore weather. Michael Burns, where can we find you on the old socials? Uh, Instagram, I'm BNB underscore Burns. And I think on Twitter, I'm Burns BNB. And uh, we're pretty active on all social medias. I'd say more so probably on Instagram and Facebook. But uh, we go on what I call Twitter streaks. Yes. we. I, I know Brandon loves to be controversial and and just be that guy that pokes, pokes everybody on Twitter to get that conversation rolling. Oh, that's um, me? That's always fun. Who doesn't love that guy? That's me? Sure. I think that's more so Michael, but I, 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 I do dabble every once in a while, but Michael likes to poke the bear, I think, more on social media than I do. But if we both do it. But go follow us there. If you're listening, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, as well as iHeartRadio Podcasts. You leave us a review, we'll give you a shout-out, whether that's a rating. Just let us know what you think. We talked about it earlier in the episode. That has been another episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast, episode 29, the Adrian Beltre episode. And if you've made it this far, I will send you our blind pick. Just let yeah. it, just hit us up on, on somewhere, on yeah. Instagram, Gmail. And that blind pick, Speak. I'll send you. I'll send you it blind. I won't label it. Yeah, I won't label it. But you'll know what it is. <laughs> Speaking of sending you stuff, we've got stickers. If you'd like some stickers, reach out to us. Uh, Two dollars, uh, and we've also got t-shirts. If you want t-shirts, order those. And we're trying to get some hats. I've got my hat right here. This is the hat. We're, that we we're not have. trying to get hats. We're trying to get enough si- right. you know, enough of a sign up for hats. So, Justin, I'm talking to you, smooth like bourbon. Anybody who is interested in a hat and you've made it this far into the episode, please reach out. Let us know. And if we can get enough hats that make it worth it to buy it, uh, we will definitely put in an order for that. So that has been episode 29, the Adrian Beltre episode. Michael Burns, what are your thoughts right now? What are my thoughts right now? Yeah, I don't know. You had any thoughts? High heat, high proof, high heat is our motto, motto, but do you have any other thoughts? Uh, let me let me dig in my notes here. Oh, here, hold on, I got one last note right here, Brandon. Yeah. Let's go. Bow, 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 bow.